0: Last time in our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we saw that it is foolish to trust in any wisdom except for God's wisdom. And that's because as in in verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 1, it says that if you can could rate or rank God's attributes to see the best and the weakest or the wisest and the least wise, the the least level of his wisdom or strength is still so much greater than ours why would we trust in any human strength that or wisdom that doesn't first come from him as we'll see today he gives us wisdom and he allows us to use it but we need to make sure that it is aligned With his wisdom and and where we get his wisdom is, of course, from from his word. And so we need to be looking at that and praying that he will help us to understand it. And so he is able, as the creator God, to say that he has the wisdom for us and he wants us to have it. But he gets the glory for it and not us. And that's where we are going in verses 26 through 31 of chapter 1. Where we see that it is also foolish to give glory to anyone except for God. Verse 26, he says, For ye see your calling, brethren, and calling just refers to our salvation, how that not many wise men, after the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but god hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and god hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and things which are despised hath god chosen yea and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should should glory in his presence you see god uses humble people to accomplish his work. In fact, elsewhere in God's word, in James and in Peter, it says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. A proud person is always thinking of himself. Now, there could be some people that you think are humble because they're always criticizing themselves. They're they're always saying, "Oh, I'm no good. I I'm this. I'm so down and poor and blah, and woe is me." But that's actually a proud person because they're always thinking of themselves. So a prideful person isn't one that thinks that they have everything figured out, but it's just a person that is consumed with self. I've heard it referred to as self-idolatry. You're putting yourself in first place. But God says that's not the person that he is able to use. He is going to use the humble person that submits. A humble person submits themselves to God. Puts themselves under so that God, the creator, the one that knows how life should work the one who has eternal purposes for us we put ourselves under him so that he can use us and so we need to to submit we need to say god has called me to salvation because he has something far greater than i could accomplish on this earth all by myself because when we are serving him will matter for eternity because we are going to share the gospel that that people can trust in so that they could have eternal life and other things that will be accomplished and will be rewarded in eternity or at the judgment seat of Christ that we're going to see in chapter 3 this is the type of person that he uses so so Most believers are not going to be people, and this is what it was saying in verse 26, most believers are not going to be the people that the world thinks are great. Because believers are humble, and the world seeks the proud. But the world is not going to be around forever. God is going to send Jesus. Jesus is going to come back. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus is going to reign. And at that point, God is going to choose the foolish things of the world. The humble things to confound the wise. He's going to say, you thought they were foolish for believing this. But now they get to enjoy eternal life with me. And those who reject the Lord, those who are proud and say they have it all figured out and it's all about them and they're going to seek everything in this world that they want, they're going to have to answer for their own sins because they're not trusting the Lord. But we as believers have the privilege of being used by God. But we are the weak things. We, we know that we need God because we don't have all the power. We as believers know how much we need God. And that is a good thing. And we need to trust him. We need to depend on him. We need to submit to him. Because he has the plan worked out. Because he knows the beginning from the end. He is the Alpha and Omega. And he knows the plan. And so we need to trust him. And we need to obey him and we need to serve him and we need to be worshiping him and we need to be sharing his gospel and we need to be serving people in his name and we need to be doing all of these things. Not to lift ourselves up in any sort of pride, but because God deserves all the glory because he took us who have nothing good in ourselves, but he made us have a part of the inheritance in Christ he saved us and let us have eternal life we should love him and be constrained by that love to say yes i want to submit to him yes i want to serve him and we will confound the mighty maybe in this world maybe they'll they'll see their sin maybe they'll see something different in you and you can confound them then or at the end, they, they will be confounded at that point. And so this is who God has chosen. The ones that are the lowest class now, the ones that are looked down upon now. And Yes, I know the world looks down on Christians, and that's okay. But we don't change our message because they're looking down at us. We are faithful to the creator God, the one who revealed himself to us. The Almighty, that's who we answer to. We don't worry about the world who is looking down on us. We need to please the Lord, our Savior. And we don't glory in his presence. Verse 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. We don't receive the glory for anything that's accomplished. Because we are servants of the Master. And so we don't receive the glory and we don't need the glory. And you know what? He is going to reward us. But it's worth it just because we get to have the hope and we know where we are going to be. And so it's all worth it. And he receives all the glory because he gives us the faith. He gives us the power. He gives us the wisdom. He gives us everything that we need to serve him. And so we don't glory in ourselves. We glory in him. And we have so much in him. And that's what it it says in verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. That is a privilege that we get to be in Christ. That we belong to him. That we are saved in him. Ephesians talks about this. Ephesians chapter 1 Gives all of the things that we have in him. And here, these are some things that we have in him as well. Because the wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, are; those are all things that Christ has. But we who believe in him, we have the imputation of those things. He gives those things to us. The things that belong to him, he shares them with us. So that we now have God's wisdom. We can see beyond the temporary things of this world. And we see eternity. And we can use God's wisdom to know what to do. We have righteousness. Where we don't have to keep failing. And keep losing out on pleasing God. And doing what he and his creation designed us to do. But instead we can have righteousness And also, the imputation of righteousness is Jesus doesn't, or God doesn't look at our sin. He looks at Jesus' righteousness in us. God the Father, as He looks on us, He sees Christ's righteousness because our sins have been forgiven by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But we also have sanctification and that is the process of being made holy or set apart that's what the the greek word uh, the greek root of that word means that we're being made holy which means set apart set apart from sin set apart to god and we have that now we are a special people that belong to god the father the creator god the good god the gracious god the merciful god And we are set apart to him and we can now have a greater purpose than we could have ever imagined before we were saved. And we also have redemption. And redemption means that we belonged to something else. And so we belonged and we were trapped and enslaved to sin. But now we have been bought with a price. The price is Christ's blood that was shed on the cross. But we've been redeemed. And now we belong to the Father. And it's a privilege. It's an honor. And it's an honor to serve him. And he did this so that we wouldn't have to pay for our own sins. But we have our sins forgiven. We have eternal life. But we should, we must, be willing to serve him. Be willing to humble ourselves, follow his plan, his purposes, in service to him and to glorify him to glorify him in everything that we do later on in this book we're going to see that whether we eat or drink or whatever we do we can do it to the glory of God we can be serving God in everything that we do in life because if we live a life that is a testimony to him if we if we work in a way that glorifies him or if we we talk in a way that glorifies him. Everything that we can do should should point to God and say, we are not of this world. We belong to God. And so we live differently. And so we can glorify him. We can glorify him in our speech. We can praise him for everything that He has given to us. Everything that we didn't deserve because we don't deserve anything. We glorify him, we worship him, we serve him, we live our life with him as the focus. And that's what we should do, and that's what Paul did. And and in the next few verses in chapter 2, we're going to see that it is foolish to try to share the gospel except by God's grace. So Paul said in chapter 2 and verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came now with excellency of speech, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. See, Paul preached the simple gospel message, and I said it yesterday. It's you can find it in 1 Corinthians fifteen, uh, starting in verse three. The simple gospel that Christ died for our sins. That he was buried and that he rose three days later showing that he defeated sin. He defeated death. We can trust in him as our savior if we repent of our sins and, and trust him because he provided forgiveness through this. And that he also proved his resurrection by showing himself to over 500 people. That, that continues in that chapter. And that we then ho- have hope of resurrection ourselves, But that's the gospel. And that's what Paul says. This is what I focused on when I talk to people. I wanted to make sure they knew the gospel. And that should be our heart as well. Every one of us, everybody who is saved should say, I have a hope that this world is not all there is, but there is eternal life. And I want to share that hope with other people. And so how am I going to share that hope? I'm going to tell them what Jesus did for me. And that's what we do. But, and that should be the focus of what we talk about. Our Savior. He should mean so much to us that we can't keep from talking about him. You might wonder, am I going to annoy people if I bring them up too much? Well, the other option is that they will be lost and have to pay for their own sins in a place called the Lake of Fire. So I'd rather annoy them a little bit and give them the chance to be saved than keep it in and maybe they will be lost. But Paul, he said, I determined not to know anything except for this. Paul had a lot of other things that he had learned. He, he had experienced great training back in Jerusalem. But this was the focus. It's not that he didn't talk about anything else. Because we see in, in, some, in uh, various metaphors that he uses. He, he uses sports. He uses farming. He, he has other information. But the focus is the Savior who was crucified for him. And Paul was not arrogant in his preaching, though. And we need to not be arrogant when we share the gospel. In verse 3, he says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That's how he presented the gospel to them. He was fully depending on God's power and not his own wisdom. He was depending on God's power, but he still preached. And we still need to share the gospel. Even though we we might not think we're up to the task, we still need to do it. Even if we acknowledge our weakness, which we should. Even if we have some fear, which we might. Even if we're trembling, then we're just putting our hope in. it. It's got to be God speaking through us. But we still need to do it. We still need to share the hope that we have with others. And as we talk to believers, we need to, to help them hope more and learn more and grow closer to the Lord as well. well in verse four, he, Paul describes his speech further. He says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Paul let God's word speak for itself through Paul's speech and preaching. And yes, Paul had some other opportunities being an apostle, which none of us are, to demonstrate a little further, but we have God's word. And so we don't need those sign gifts anymore, but we can point to what God has done. The power of God, what Christ did, which is given to us in eyewitness testimony. What the apostles shared and how how they explained further what Christ had accomplished. And this is what we share. And this is what we show. And then we do see the, God's power at work as he changes hearts, as he convicts people in their spirit. And that they get saved. And we can point to that. and. You say, I was lost and hopeless and a sinner and the Lord changed me. And now I have this hope and I just want to share it with you. And I want my words and my actions to always glorify the Lord. I hope if you are a Christian today, I hope that is your goal because he is your savior. He is your creator. He is your sustainer. He is your provider. He is your shepherd. He is all of these things, and he deserves to be glorified in our speech and in our walk and in everything that we do. And our faith it says in verse 5 that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's God at work. He has the plan. He is the one that saves people. Now He, he says It it happens through preaching because he wants us to take part in it. But it is his power that does the work. We need to trust in him, not in our own wisdom, but we need to trust in God's word. And we need to glorify him and be the testimony for him that we need to be. We need to humble ourselves. We need to get ourselves out of the way. And we need to focus on the Lord, on learning more about him. On serving him. Thank you.